Well, here we are again. Welcome back to the Anxious Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Don Bradley, and I am so excited that you're tuning in. Whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening on Spotify or iTunes or on my website at DonBradley.com, I want to let you know that I am so excited that you're here, and I am excited to bring you another awesome episode with an awesome guest, my friend, Natalie. Oh my goodness, she's like, I think, the coolest person I know. She's got the coolest style for her salon. I met her a few years back, actually at Ember Retreat, and her business was smaller, but she has blown up since then. Also, I learned so much in this podcast episode about her beginnings in the industry. She actually calls herself a hair industry brat. So get ready for an amazing time. I'm so glad you're here. Come on into the conversation with me and Natalie. I overthink, I overshare, and I overanalyze. So come explore with me as I chat about business, life, and relationships all through the lens of an anxious creative. All right, you guys, this week's episode is going to be so good. Well, it is so good already. I've got Natalie here. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. Well, for people who are just getting introduced to you, tell them a little bit about yourself and your history in the industry. Yeah, um, I consider myself a salon brat. Uh, I grew up in Houston, Texas. My mom was a hairdresser. She owned a salon. Um, after she had my brother, she kind of wanted to focus more on raising us. And so she still had a passion for doing hair. So my dad essentially built a house and our salon in our house. So then I grew up having a salon in my house and I, you know, I didn't want to do hair for a very long time because it's what my mom did. My, my grandmother did nails mm. and did hair and I was like, I'm, I'm going to do my own thing. And I tried college and I changed my major about 15 times. I, I, I taught a class recently at a high school and I was going over all of the different jobs I've had. And I've had like 25 jobs and I'm oh only- Oh my gosh. So it's like, and I've had multiple jobs at one time. Um, and it wasn't until I decided to give hair, a, 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 you know, give it a chance that I like really fell in love with it. And I finally felt like I, it wasn't a job. Like it finally felt like a purpose more than anything. Yeah. And so, you know, I'd always wanted to move to New York and, you know, I had I tried it a couple of times, you know, it never kind of worked out in my life. And then there was a point where I was going through a divorce and my sister had just moved to the East Coast. And I was like, you know what, it's time for me to start over. And I, you know, ended up right across the river from New York City. And I worked in New York for a few years and did that whole monster animal of an industry. <laughs> working in New York City is a whole nother part of this industry that can't even be explained unless you've worked in New York City. It's it's crazy. I can't imagine. Yeah. And I, I did that. And then um, I always had this like entrepreneurial like bug inside of me. I always knew like I was always creating like little businesses and projects and charities when I was little. So I always knew that that was going to be something. I was going to have a business of some sort. And, you know, once I found my purpose and started doing hair, <laughs> it kind of made sense. And after working in the city, I had lost my passion and mm -hmm. I was no longer excited about doing hair. And then I, you know, after a lot of, you know, reflection, I realized it was, you know, a lot of times it was the space I was in. And so I knew I had to create a space that would help me grow and flourish. And from there, you know, kind of built my dream salon and my dream business out of it. That's so cool. 
So what was the, was the resistance to go becoming a hairstylist just because your mom was one or was there something that you saw how she worked or anything? Was there something that you witnessed or? Well, it was just my stubbornness and not wanting, <laughs> wanting to be my own person and prove that I can do, you know, different things. And I was always kind of that black sheep in my family where I didn't want to do what anybody else did. And, um, I, I mean, I loved my mom's industry. You know, I grew up going to hair shows when I was like in elementary schools. Like I remember seeing um, like Sam Via and um, Arojo like on stage when I was a little kid. So it's like, I mm. love the industry and I've seen my mom work in different assets of it. You know, she worked um, for a distributor, she's worked for manufacturers. So I've got to see all different angles of it. And, you know, it, it was just purely and simply my, um, my stubbornness. Are you a Taurus by any chance? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> you probably had this conversation. Yeah. My birthday's yeah. May 16th. Yeah. Uh, May 4th. Oh, May 4th. Yeah. That's hilarious. Cause like people always are like, you don't seem stubborn. And I was like, well, just push me a little bit and find yeah. out. Like yeah. I'm like super easy going I'm about most things. Yeah. I'm determined. That's what I like to say about being a Taurus. Like I'm not stubborn. I'm determined. Determined. Yeah. I love it. There's um. <laughs> What's his name on Instagram? It's like Benny something. And he does like all the, like what it's like to date each um, oh, Zodiac God. sign. And there's like a Taurus one and he's like, yeah, what do you want to do? But let's do mine. Like, <laughs> tell me what you want to do, but we're going to do mine. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's a hundred percent me. That's exactly it. Oh my <laughs> God, I love that. Um, okay. So you're, are you in New Jersey now? Yes. Yeah. And, but born in Texas. Born in Houston, Texas. That's so cool. Okay. So when we first, we met two years ago, yeah. uh, at Ember retreat, which was so cool. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember I was there to speak, but I have like such crazy social anxiety. I was sitting in my hotel room in the Seguero. Is that what it was called? It's Palm Springs. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh, I need to go to the, like the welcome party. And I didn't want to show up alone. And I think I was like scouring who said they were there. And I, I saw you and I was like, Hey, I like reached, I think I reached out to you and I was yeah. like, hi, I'm here alone. I'm like, she seems cool. <laughs> yeah. And being like, so impressed. Like you would like, we're going for runs every morning and. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do when I travel. I love to run when I travel because it's, it's a way to like see the area without like worrying about getting lost in a car or traffic or anything like that. And I, I love running when I travel. That's good. Cool. Have you ever got lost running? No, because I don't run that far. <laughs> I'll do like three miles and, and then I'm good. So, yeah. No. yeah. And so where were you at in your business at that point? Cause you said you've had 25 jobs. How many of those 25 jobs have been hairstyling jobs? Um, you know what? I don't even think I included it. I, I've oh. only worked for a handful of salons. Um, but I mean, see, I'm trying to think when I first started in the industry, I mean, before, when I first started in the industry, I was a sales rep for a distributor and I was, oh. I was selling like alpha parf color and doing all this. And I'm like, I have never even taken a color class in my life. And I'm going into salons, like telling them to buy my color line, which makes me like have so much sympathy for my sales reps when they come in. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how it is to do this job. But I did that before I even went to beauty school. And um, 
my first job out outside of school, I was assisting at this you know, um, salon in downtown Houston. It was owned by two women, two women of color. Like this was all things that attracted me. It was two women. They were women of color. They were both stage artists for TG. So I was like, yes, like these are powerful women. I'm gonna like learn all these cool things. And while I learned a lot, it wasn't, I wasn't learning everything I needed to. And I left there and I think I left there and I started like working at a, like a salon centric for a while. And oh. I, I lives. And, um, and then I, I found a salon that I, I had a really good home at and I worked there for a while and then I rented mm-hmm. a chair mm-hmm. and then that's when I ended up getting married and I moved to Virginia and then I had wow. to do care for my house, which yeah. was a nightmare. And I did that. And then I ended up in New Jersey and started working in the city. That's so cool. So at the time of Ember, I also feel like we have lots of similarities. We're both Tauruses. We're both divorced. Yeah. <laughs> I worked in my home and I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it was a, a means to an end. It was like, I always say I was um, stubborn about my goals, but flexible about my approach. I'd moved to a new city and I wanted to do my own thing. And I was like, okay, this will be short term. And like no shade on people who do work from home, but I yeah. did not like having strangers in my private, like my home is my yeah. sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you, I think you had your own salon when yeah. we met at Ember. Yeah, we were a baby salon. I mean, we still are baby salon. We we hit five years next next year, but we were only barely two years old. And I mm-hmm. think it was just me and one other stylist at that point. I, like I said, I might have had one other stylist then. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was kind of at the point where I decided to go to Ember Retreat because I was at the point where I knew I needed to grow a little bit more, but I needed kind of some inspiration and some motivation mm-hmm. to kind of help me do that. Yeah. And so in two, so you had you and one other stylist and that was in September of 2018. It is now September, 2020. And let's talk about where your business is at now. Well, I opened my second salon during COVID uh, and I have, uh, I think last count, I'm at 14 stylists now. We're actually about to hire another stylist. Um, But the beauty of that number is we're still a very like small, intimate, like boutique style salon. Like the one thing I do not want to have is a huge, massive, you know, 14 chair salon, you know, kudos to people who do that. But like I I've worked in salons like that and it's just not, it's not my vibe. So Mm -hmm. it's like, we still have a very small, intimate environment, but you know, we are open seven days a week and we're open late hours. So it allows a lot of flexibility with schedules. Yeah. I was going to say, how do you, as you grow your business with stylists, how do you keep it small? It, It means flexibility with schedules. Like one of my biggest philosophies as an owner And this is coming from not only a stylist to an owner, but also someone who's worked in the service industry since I was 16 years old. It's Mm -hmm. like, I know what it's like to be in those shoes. I know what it's like to miss out on personal things because of work. So my biggest thing was I wanted my employees to have a healthy work-life balance because Mm -hmm. if they don't have that balance, then they're going to resent going to go, going into work. They're going to start to, you know, not enjoy going into work. And I want work to be a happy place. And so if they don't have that balance and, you know, I would say right now, um, like I have four working moms. So, and you know, with COVID and everything going on, they're, they're, they are teaching, they're, they're, you know, 
having their kids do school from home. So it's like, they're doing school from home. They're going to do hair. So it's like, I under I recognize the different strength, you know, restraints that people have on their life. And, you know, I don't have kids, but you know, I have to respect other people's lifestyle choices and, and we, we make it work. I think it's amazing. Cause I, so my very first job out of hair school, which is like the only besides traveling overseas and working at other salons for a few months, but like I stayed there for 10 years and my boss was so amazing. And I remember going to her and saying like, Hey, I want to go to Australia. Cause I was 19 and I'd been working for like a year and a half already. And she's like, cool. Well, I can't like have this chair empty for six weeks. Like how, but she said like, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. And she actually like worked with me on it, which was so amazing because then I stayed working with her. I only quit because she sold the salon to somebody else and then they started running it differently. But I remember like, I think I just worked extra days and extra hours, like for eight months or something like that to make up for me not being there. And her being willing to work with me made work so much better. And I, the thing is, is that I always dreamed of having my own business and, you know, I'm thankful for the owner that came later. That was less than ideal. So I did, but I never would have because she made work too good to ever want to leave it. And I think that's like, that sounds like what you've created. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If, if my employees aren't happy, they can't make my guests happy. And, you know, that's like the ultimate like circle goal here is, you know, to make sure that we're making people happy. And so it's all a little piece of the puzzle. So how do you keep company culture? Like, how did you go from not being a boss to all of a sudden, like, did you do a lot of, did you just, okay, well, let me like bring my (laughs) thoughts together. (laughs) Um, Because that was one, that's always been something where I was like, I don't know if I could manage other people. Did you just take your own experience and go, okay, this is what I don't want to do. And this is what I do want to do. Or how did you become such an amazing boss? Um, Well, thank you. Um, (laughs) I think it's, a little bit of everything. I think there is some natural born tendencies that I have when it comes mm-hmm. to leadership. And there are some things you can't teach or you can't learn. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is just my own, my own growth as a human, you know, yeah. and what, you know, how to respect other, I'm sorry, my email keeps dinging. That's okay. <laughs> um, knowing how to, you know, respect other people, but you know, like I said, I've had a million and one different jobs. And, you know, one of those was in the service industry and I managed a restaurant. So I managed, you know, Mm -hmm. a staff of 40 something people. And a lot of my staff, my specific staff that I was in charge of were the hostesses. So I had a bunch of 16 year old kids that I had to manage. And I feel like that really helped shape me to manage like millennial stylist. Yeah. Because managing millennial stylist, and I'm technically a millennial, but mm-hmm. like I'm on like the older end of the millennial side. Same. So even within that millennial range, you have to manage people completely different. And I'm constantly like reading management books and how to like talk to people and how to lead people. Like it, it's, and I'm also very ADD, which is why I'll go all over the place with my conversations. But it's like, there's always something to learn and something to grow from. And I think what helps me be successful as a leader is I'm transparent and I'm very honest with my team. And I'm also, I'll be the first one to say when I fuck up, like, mm-hmm. I, and if I do something wrong, I'll take the blame for it. And I'll say, you know what? I'm learning. I'm learning through all of this. Like, you know, let's try, if it doesn't work, let's try something else. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I keep doing and, you know, I've you know, been successful at that. Yeah. What was your biggest fear about 
expanding your business. Was there any fear? I think that's one of my like rare qualities that I'm probably dangerously fearless. Um, and I'm, I'm starting to like, like meditate on that and like accept it as a good quality. Mm -hmm. I think Um, it's an amazing quality. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I told myself when I first started the salon, like, like don't put too much on your plate. Like don't, don't do more than you can handle. And I've, I've grown at a very steady pace, but it hasn't been like too much too fast. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. start bringing on people until I had to start telling people no. Once I could no longer handle what I was doing, I was like, okay, now it's time to delegate. Now it's time to like bring more, more stylists in. Now it's time to hire a front desk. Like I was doing everything in the beginning. It's like, now I have someone that does inventory and social media and a website. And I've been able to keep some of my working moms at home because they have other skills I can utilize. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's like, um, up until COVID, I, um, I had one of my, she was the third employee I had and she worked from home for me. Her daughter just turned, I think she's two and she worked from home ever since she left for maternity leave. So it's like, I like to recognize people's skills and assets and I'll do what I can to make sure like they're still part of this team because we use in different ways. You just gotta get creative with it. And I think that's so amazing that it's not just like, uh, another stylist just went on maternity leave. You're like, what skills do they have outside of hair that can still, you know, help this business out and what a caring and loving thing for you to do as a leader and an owner. Yeah, it would, it would go against all, everything I stand for as their boss to not be caring in that way. It's like mm-hmm. for, for me to completely shut the door and turn my back on them, it's, it would be hypocritical. So it's like, that's just yeah. not how, who I am as a person. Especially cause I always forget. Cause I'm in Canada. We yeah. get like year long maternity leaves, but you guys don't. Our government don't give us nothing. <laughs> I pay my girls two months maternity leave. Um, and then I also like, what I've been doing is I sign them up for like Amazon subscribe and save and I pay for like their uh, subscribe and save for diapers for like a year. So it's like Aww, that's really nice. From one like non-mom to another non-mom. I yeah. think that's a really great thing to do. I don't know diapers. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like 20 bucks a month. Like, you know, yeah. yeah. I'm here for that with like, you know, my personal tips. So it's just like, it's, you know, to me, I, I don't mind spending money on things like that because in the end, it's all like reciprocal. It's like, I'm building loyalty. I'm building trust. I'm building relationships with people. Yeah. Let's, oh my gosh. If anyone, if you guys are li- watching this podcast on YouTube, your dog is the cutest thing ever. Just like all over you with the snuggles. Yeah. She is, loves attention. <laughs> is that like 24 seven while you're at home? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. She's up on top of me the whole time. Um, let's talk about your branding because I think it's so amazing and it's different and but not like weird different it's cool different like how did you come up with the concept and share with everyone what your branding is yeah so we've changed our branding since I've opened but it's all been very true to who I am like when we first opened our branding was very vintage and very like floral and 1950s and like it all has, I make my brain decision based on, you know, there's a bigger picture to everything. I'm, I'm a detail person. So to me, 
the idea with my salons is I want you to feel like you're in my home. I want it to feel like we're just, it's a, a fun, like little, you know, clubhouse and we're hanging out and we're having snacks, you know, before COVID is like when you would come to my salon, you know, you would get some popcorn and a glass of rosé and we'd watch a movie, um, you know, while we're listening to like 80s music. So yeah. I wanted that kind of vibe where you co totally forget you're walking into a salon and it's like your best friend's just doing your hair. And from there, from the whole like 1950s vibe, when I was opening up my second location, I wanted to do a different decade. So I started doing 80s and 90s, which is just, I mean, I'm an 80s baby and 90s kid. So it's just mm -hmm. like nostalgia for me. And the more I started working on the new decades at my second location, the happier it made me because the colors are brighter. And there's, you know, it's just, it just, it evoked this brighter, happier vibe. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll, you know, rebrand my original. And then COVID happened. And I was like, we were shut down for almost four and a half months. So I was like, I've got all this time. I have, I'm ADD. I got to stay busy. I got to keep yeah. going. So I finished the second location. Then I was like, okay, now we're going to rebrand the second. And, you know, with the first vision of our branding, like that was very much what my childhood bedroom looked like. Like I had antique mm -hmm. furniture. I had pictures of Judy Garland on my wall. I, had t I used to go thrifting with my mom ever since I was a little kid. And the 80s, 90s, that is my childhood. Like that mm -hmm. is very, like, a lot of the stuff in my salon is stuff from my parents, you know, attic. So it so is very cool. much a reflection of myself. And I love... I love all things nostalgic and it's, there's always a conversation piece. It brings up, you know, memories for all of our guests. I'm like, Oh my God, my, you like my grandma had that, or I used to have that growing up. And so it's just, it's fun and it's different. And the last thing, you know, I wanted was, you know, white walls and just, you know, black and white, everything, you know, I worked in a, a very corporate luxury salon in the city and it's just, it wasn't for me. So I, I yeah. wanted something that was fun and not intimidating. I want people to, of all, you know, shapes, sizes, and colors, and, you know, everything to come in and feel welcomed. And that was the best way for me to do that. I love that. I love, especially love like the Saved by the Bell stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's me. Like, I was born in 83. And so I feel like, yeah, like yeah. Saved by the Bell is my jam. And oh, like, okay. I would have never even, I think for me, cause with Instagram and Pinterest, like we see all this like trendy stuff that it's hard to even, um, think outside of that. And so did you, did you just always, cause it was your personality You're like, no, I'm like, not that you're going against the grain, but you just knew so clearly what you liked and you're okay with going with it. Yeah. A hundred percent. I basically like any decision like when it would come to like, oh, I have to pick out this for the salon or I have to like get a salon cart. Like I would look at what like a typical salon, salon cart would look like and I would think, okay, what's the opposite of that? Like what else can I use? It just, I never wanted to do what anybody else was doing. It's like, how can I make this different? And that's just, it's just how my brain is. Yeah. And it's just part of who I am. And so I think that just is very reflective in all of that. I love that. And I bet that it, yeah. Does it draw a lot of new people to you? Yeah. Yeah. We stand out in, in the crowd because we're different. And like the first thing that people catch is our branding. Like when we first, when I was first creating the salon, like I got on Instagram, started, 
you know, I mean, this was five years ago and Instagram was popular, but it really wasn't as popular as it exploded in five years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before we even opened the doors, we had more following and more engagement than any other salon in town. And we hadn't even opened yet. So I saw how important that was. And so now people find us on Instagram and they fall in love with our branding. They fall in love with everything. Cause when you look at our Instagram, you know exactly what you're getting. When you go to our website, you know exactly what you're getting. Like, you know what the vibe is gonna be like by looking at how we do everything. And everything from our font choices to our colors, you know, evokes that that vibe and honestly like I'm not trying to like take any credit for this because my my second employee Liz who when she went on maternity leave like she's a brilliant graphic designer and she helped me create like I could literally like tell her an idea and it would sound like gibberish and she would be able to like make it happen so it's like that's amazing having good people on your team and like utilizing their talents is huge that was my next question is, did you do your branding yourself, but you had staff do it or did you have a designer come in? I had the ideas and then I had, and I delegated to the right people and it, they were all, they're all, they've all been people on my staff. Um, like now, uh, after COVID, uh, I have another one of my front desk girls, Mare, who's a, she's great doing graphic work. And so it's like just utilizing people do you know you never know until you start talking people have little crazy hidden talents that you would never guess yeah especially in the creative atmosphere mm-hmm. your dog's just looking at you so lovingly just crazy so amazing um so what's next for you do you think i know you just opened up your second location and we're just coming back bouncing back yeah. from covid but i feel like you're a big dreamer i am um I would definitely like to see more locations, you know, as my team is growing and, you know, their lives are changing and evolving, you know, spreading out to the different, you know, suburbs and areas of New Jersey, because we're right on the edge of the water. So like we are, you know, a train stop away from Manhattan. So when people are leaving New York City and they're moving out for more space, they're coming directly to us next because we still have that city vibe, but we don't have the high rent that New York City has. But then once people get tired of that city vibe, they move out a little bit further to the suburbs and start, you know, getting a house and having kids. So it's like taking the brand a little bit further that way into New Jersey would be really great. But I also always in the back of my mind, opening something in Texas is, is on my list, you know. Dolly Parton vibes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like all the part vibes, you know, having something at home, having, having, you know, another reason to go back home to Texas more often is always great. You know, my mom was a hairdresser. So, I mean, this would be a great little retirement for her to get to help me run a little boutique salon. So that's definitely, you know, on the back burner. And then just for me, personally, professionally, like I'm not behind the chair much anymore. I have like a very like handful of guests that I still see but I found that my passion and my drive is more of the behind the scenes business aspect of things. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like I would love to like do some sort of like small business consulting type agency where I've always dreamt of like doing something where you just bought a bunch of, you know, creatives together that could help small businesses. Cause the, one of the, the struggles I had as a small business owner, first time small business owner was like, 
where do I get a contractor from? Where do I get a plumber from? Like, who do I know that can make cabinets? Like this, these were all these yeah. things. Because I didn't grow up here. Like if I was home, my dad could have done everything for me. But it's like, I don't have those resources. Having someone to do graphic work, to print t-shirts, you know, all these little things like as small businesses that you need that you don't realize a lot of those resources are in your neighborhood and are in your community. And especially in a time like now where all these freelancers and people who've gotten laid off that have all these little skills, being able to like draw all those people together is something that I really want to do next. That would be amazing. I love that. So what, as, as we wrap this up, what advice would you give to someone who's either a solopreneur thinking they want to expand and become a boss and, and own a salon, or maybe to maybe that, that person, as well as someone who maybe has like one or two employees and is like, wow, like, I don't, I don't even know where to start. I know that's kind of like your dream is to help, but what would you say to people in that position right now? Um, I would say if, if you're a solo solopreneur and you're wanting to like go into the like world of a boss, um, like take the, a big dose of reality and realize it's not all as glamorous as it seems to be and be okay and ready with this being like your blood, sweat and tears because mm -hmm. it is. And it's a lot of time and it's weird hours and it's doing things early morning, late at night, whenever the time happens. Um, and, and do it for the right reasons. I feel like a lot of stylists wanna go into the ownership role without realizing the impact of it. And it's like, you're managing people. Like I'm responsible for people's livelihood. And that's a huge, like burden to carry and and I that was something that came to a huge realization for me during COVID I was like wow these people depend on my business like it's not about me it's about other people so being able to be like selfless is a huge quality I think to have as a leader and I think if you're like looking to grow I mean constantly constantly be teaching yourself like no one no one is above learning more education whether it's reading a business book or a marketing book or you know, something on social media, like we live in a day and age where the resources are, are, are numerous. I have probably 10 different podcasts that I subscribe to yours being one of them that Aww. I look to just to get some inspiration or some insight. It's like, I can listen to the same podcast over and over again. And every time I hear it, I pick up something else. Mm -hmm. like, Siva, like the Thriver Society, like I love listening to her podcast. And so there's yeah. always something to learn and a new, a new way to look at things. And you can hear the same thing over and over again and hear it differently every time. So totally. I always feel like there's books I've read and then I've read them years later and been like, this chapter wasn't in here before. Yeah. <laughs> and then been like, oh damn, it was, but I wasn't, I was in a different place where I needed to hear something else. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And Just hearing other Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I love that you mentioned Brit because like hearing people that, you know, different perspectives of the same yeah. thing, you yeah. can just learn so much from. Yeah. And that, that's the beauty of the beauty industry is there are so many ways to get from A to Z and we all approach them differently. And mm -hmm. that's the beauty of it. It's like seeing yeah. everybody, you know, I'm just so ADD. It drives me crazy. <laughs> something else just popped in my head and it's like something because I miss Texas so much right now and I'm just not ready to get on an airplane um, yeah I thought about going on a road trip back home just to visit my grandmother and I was like I want to stop at salons along the way and like talk with these business owners and see you know how yeah. they've been doing 
COVID and it's like something like that. Like we all do things differently and there's something to learn from everybody. Absolutely. My, one of my biggest phrases I always say is like, there's many roads to the same place and your, and your end, like when you open up Google maps, it doesn't just give you one route and maybe the longer way it's, it's not about speed for you. It's like avoiding this like traffic circle. So you go the longer way and that's what works best for you. And I always tell people to caution themselves. If you're ever listening to someone that, that preaches like, this is the only way it's like, no, you got to find what works for you. And so listen to lots of people and find the way that resounds with you the best. If anybody ever says there's one way to do things, that's their ego talking and that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I'm always like, I've failed a ton of times. This is what worked for, or if in hindsight, this is the way I'd do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm great at failures. I yeah. Failure is the path to success. I truly believe it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's so good um, to see your face and screen. Time. I know. It's, I feel like w- through social media, it's like you stay in touch, but then like when you actually get to connect, um, where can people follow you or your salon or where can they get into, is there websites or social media? How yeah. can people get in touch? Um, our website is theharoomjc.com. On Instagram, we're theharoomjc. Um, my personal Instagram is a Natalie Nicole, and that's spelled A-N-A-T-A-L-I-E-N-I-C-O-L-E. It's a Natalie with an A. It, it looks intimidating, but it's really easy. Just Natalie with an A. Yeah, I got it right, and then I got it wrong, because I think I hadn't said it for a while, and then I was like, yeah. no, it's just, and what do most people say? I get Natalia. And it's how I've gotten it's how in Italia and Astasia and Italy and Atali and Atoli. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I think it's Anatolia is like a, a men's like Polish name or something, but it's just a Natalie. Natalie. <laughs> I feel like that's like a whole topic for another podcast is how your name came to be. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, I hope people re- like, I know I've been so inspired by just like watching your life unfold since we met at Ember the last two years and being like, holy shit, this girl's like take like kicking ass and taking names because <laughs> you said you you had one stylist at ember two years yeah. ago and now you have almost 14 you think mm-hmm. yeah that's a huge like when when you look back and think holy shit like that happened in two years yeah and, you, I, and I don't have a high tone turn, turnover like the only stylists that have left it just wasn't a good personality fit and they you know they're working at i think i've lost one stylist like amazing um, like, and I, I know in that, in this industry, that's a huge thing to be proud of. Yeah. And I think what thing, one thing I hope people take from hearing from you is that you're really committed to be, you're not just like, oh, I want to open a salon and have people work here. You're committed to being a leader and leading your staff, not just managing people, but really okay. leading them and seeing their gifts beyond hair and making it, you know, you really care about their livelihood and their future, yeah. which is amazing. It's why I, I took the name owner out of my like description a long time ago because I just felt it was very like uh, like it was too strong for me I didn't I didn't like the like the condemnation it had about it so I call myself an encourager like that's oh, my I like that encourager. yeah and I think do you find that you really have to take ego out being sorry I know I was like wrapping it up but I just want to add this like um me and you ADD together yeah like ego has to be, you can't have an 
like we all have egos, but you can't let that play into being a leader because you have to, the more you're a leader, the more humble you have to be, would you say? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day off to come chat. And I'm so glad your puppy got to be in there with, oh, with yeah. us. Okay, well, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, thank you so much, love. Oh my goodness. If you weren't watching this episode, you have to go to YouTube right now, Don Bradley Hair, and watch this episode because Natalie's puppy is so cute. And if you want to see the cutest snuggles from a dog ever, that's it. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, what I would love is if you shared it with your friends, you like, you subscribe, and you would leave a review. That means the world to me. Until next week, friend, stay safe, stay happy, and we'll talk to you real soon.